Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. Tonight is all about change. And uh, I had already recorded an episode, but I decided to re-record this because I just feel like it needs to come from a different angle and um, no better time than the present to record it. It's nice and gloomy out there. It's yeah, it's the spring is about to to pop right in, and I thought it would be nice to start fresh, you know, to clean our inner house. And what's the best topic to do that? All about change. I recently had a conversation with uh, one of my patients, and she said, "Is it possible for people to change? Do you really believe that?" The truth is, I absolutely do. I have changed. Sometimes it surprises me how much I've changed. It's been a rough journey in change. And there are a few things that I I learned along the way that I want to make sure that you guys on your journey are aware of in your own change that has helped me quite a bit. So I'm going to go ahead and, and let you know today what it really takes to change, what change is all about. And I'm going to do it through identifying some of the myths about change, the beliefs that hold people back about change. But before I get started on identifying those myths and really how they're going to help you change, I want to let everybody know that although we want to change, and maybe others want us to change, the truth of the matter is that we don't really know what the outcome of it looks like. What I can tell you for sure is what I thought about when it comes to myself, what can change in me and what's going to have to change and what that looks like. I couldn't have ever predicted that. Uh, It was a gradual journey. And the more I was able to understand and become aware about myself and identify and and point out, the the better uh, things got for me and the more change I saw in myself. Just because... I change. Just because you change, it doesn't mean that people around me are going to handle that quickly. When I decide to change, people around me are still going to see me in the same way they've seen me before. They're going to respond to me in the same way that they've seen me before. This may have taken years in the making. So just because I decide to change certain things now, it doesn't mean at all that they're going to respond quickly to my change. When I change, it forces other people to change their responses. So they're not doing this generally voluntarily. But the more consistent I become in my responses, the more likely they're going to have to change theirs. But this takes time. This takes sitting still in the discomfort that people might think I'm the way I used to be. And they might respond to me in that way. So for example, if I've always lied, they might find me and what I say suspicious, uh, even if I'm telling the truth. And that's okay. They're allowed to be wherever they're at in their responses. My change is not contingent on their responses. The more I sit still and become consistent in my change, the more likely eventually People have to change the way they respond to me because, in fact, the dynamic has changed. So I don't want anybody to give up early on when they start to change and people around them are still responding to them in the same way. The truth is, the fact is, eventually, 
If you stay consistent, you will build a different reputation. You will build a different response from another person. They're going to have to shift to respond to you because you are no longer what you used to be. And that's great. So just be patient. That's why I say that. This is always important to say when it comes to change and people don't know how they're going to change, like I said. And sometimes when we change, people may not find us useful anymore. And that's okay. That's okay. Because for whatever reason we have may have bonded with them before, may, may have been useful to the other person as well. And once they don't find us useful in that matter, it may cause them to uh, separate from us. And in, in that case, please allow them to let you go. And that is for the highest good. Changes everything. <laughs> so although I am changing myself, in fact, it is going to cause for things around me to eventually and gradually start to shift, whether it attracts certain things or repels certain things that do not no longer match with me anymore. And it's allowed to do that. So please keep that in mind as you're changing and you'll be a lot more patient and thoughtful about it. And well, kind to yourself and to other, and to others through this very challenging process. Okay. Now let's get to starting on the myths of change. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about the, the actual facts regarding them. So the first myth in change is that Change happens quickly. And I want to make sure that you guys know, <laughs> change is a lifetime thing. It is not that one day I achieve a goal. As a matter of fact, if you're trying to achieve a goal, uh, go ahead and get rid of it. Because change is working on specific things that apply to you that interfere with your quality of life. We all need to focus on this area. We all want to become the self-actualized version of us. But in order for us to do that, we have to be able to understand that it is a gradual process and it's a lifetime process. The good news in all that, that although change never ends, it gets better. The quality of your life will get better. The interactions that you have will get better. I don't know where it would go and what it would look like. And that is probably for the best that we have no goals because if we do, then it almost sets a limit to how much I can achieve. But when you remove all the limits, then you can actually celebrate each day that you do what you've planned out to do. So for example, if I planned out to be honest every day, then what I'm going to do is practice honesty and celebrate one day at a time in practicing honesty. And then slowly that becomes my new default setting. And that's what I, what I end up uh, acquiring a reputation for, for example. So it is a gradual thing and it is a lifetime thing. It is not a quick fix. It is not like a, 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 a huge awakening and we all of a sudden become enlightened beings and then we move forward. I mean, awakening in itself is a real thing. However, it is a gradual awakening. The more you get to become mindful and aware of your inner self and your inner world and how it interacts with the outer world, the more honest you become about it, the better your quality of your day gets, the relationship with yourself and others get. So you see, this requires a gradual building. We don't want it to happen too quickly. If it's trying to learn a new process in thinking 
and a new process in response, it has to do it gradually. So please be patient in this process. Understanding that the myth of quick, of, of quick fixes and quick changes occurring is really just a myth that it, it isn't necessarily valuable in this case. We don't want a quick change. We appreciate changes that are gradual because that means the foundation is getting built stronger. Quick changes don't really help us build a strong foundation. Okay. Now, the next myth is that once I change, I can't relapse into old behaviors or thinking patterns. Oh boy, this one here uh, is, is completely a myth. The truth is, like I said early on, change is gradual. And when we are under stress, friends, let's say we're doing good for like the whole week. When we meet a situation where we're under stress, a lot of the times your brain will take you back to the easiest way of coping for you. And it may be the thing that you're trying to change. So I need you to be patient in this process and remove the need to evaluate whether you went backwards or forward. There is no such thing. Once you know something, you can't unknow it. That's the good news. So once you are aware of the thing that you need to change, you can't all of a sudden unknow it. So there's no backwards to anything. But sometimes I will respond in the most familiar way my psyche prefers. Because in fact, it is a preference. Your brain likes things that it already knows. It doesn't like new things because new learning slows it down. So change is in fact not an idea of being perfect about it, but it's more of a situation where I am going to relapse into behaviors, but those behaviors that maybe I don't want and I want to change, those are the things that help us change even more so. Allow yourself the flexibility to learn, to make mistakes, to um, uh, make errors in judgment. Because in fact, once we identify those things and, hey, I'm human and I'm capable of making mistakes, once I really accept that, then the road to change gets a lot easier. We're not asking for perfection. I'm not giving myself a grade every day. I'm not saying I'm, I've gone backwards, which is a silly, silly idea of perfection when it comes to change. I want us to have much more flexibility in that and expand beyond just, I, I'm gone two steps forward and five steps back. This is just silliness that I hear and I, I need us to get rid of it. Be flexible with you. You're going to make errors. Let's say you're working on anger management. Truth of the matter is there are going to be situations where you're going to blow up and, uh, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The thing is we're looking for a quicker recovery. We're looking for taking responsibility for our behavior. And if we need to apologize or to make amends in some form, please do so. You know, that's, that's accountability taking. So it's not that we're not going to make an error or respond in a way that's familiar to our psyche, but the idea is to take accountability and responsibility here. So it is a fact. It is a fact that we're not going to be perfect. And so uh, there is no reason to evaluate ourselves. Go ahead and remove any evaluations. You don't need to give yourself a grade. There's only movement forward. And once I know better, I do better. Keep that in mind in this case. So that is the second myth. Let's go to the third myth about change that keeps us kind of held back. A lot of the times, people think that change is about thinking differently. Although that is true, the thought that's going to come in, in your consciousness, your stream of consciousness, most of the time will be 
what is already established as the habit in thinking. So when we go through our own change and our transformation, we identify and become aware of consciously what those thinking habits are, right? So if I notice that I uh, tend to become reactive towards situations I don't get my way in. So it could be anything. I could be at a restaurant where my food comes out late or um, I'm sitting in the doctor's office and it's, I'm just, it's gone on too long, whatever the case is, right? And I know that I generally get reactive in this case. Then uh, the idea is, is that it's not that it's not going to happen. The thoughts are going to still be the same. The anger, the frustration, how I think things should be, <laughs> the rigidity in my thought patterns, my habits in thinking, they're going to come in. The idea is that if I'm trying to change, we want the recovery time to get better, accountability to get better. So let's say I became reactive in that situation. The idea is to take accountability for that and maybe do it better next time. If I can't fix it, this, this situation, I can definitely do it better next time. And the truth of the matter is it just does get better next time when I have this level of flexibility with myself and change. So this is just to support that change, in fact, is gradual. The thoughts are going to come in. They're going to come in. My old thoughts, my old beliefs are going to come in. But the idea is to identify how I'm going to respond and try to either prevent that. And if I can't prevent it, go ahead and take accountability for it. And then for the next time, do better. And it just gets better and better from that. So we're looking for better recovery time from my response or reactivity, um, not necessarily a change in thought. What I'm here to tell you that eventually the thought will change, but it does take practice. It does take time because I'm not uh, I'm not up and and, and you know uh, being inflicted with amnesia. My whole thought patterns are still going to be here. They're still going to show up. It took years in the making, but if I am changing on purpose. The thoughts still come in, but my response is my golden ticket here. My response will be different or at least more thoughtful, insightful, and it gradually gets better and better. I hope that makes sense because that myth uh, really gets people flustered. They, they often tell me, well, Tala, the thoughts came in. I don't, I, I, I don't believe I could change. The thoughts still come in. How can I have change if the thoughts still come in? Well, the thoughts are allowed to come in. It's not like, again, all of a sudden you're going to have amnesia, <laughs> but we want to make sure that when the thoughts come in, the reaction is what we want to change, right? So for example, feelings of anger or thoughts of anger is not a problem, but it's my response that could cause the problem for me. So as simple as a more extreme example would be, let's say... I'm mad at someone. I say, I'm going to kill them, right? In my head, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to kill my neighbor because they left the trash can outside or whatever the case is. Uh, let's say that's that's the case. Doesn't mean that I have to actually kill them, right? I can have the thought, but then calm myself down and say, well, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> so, um, and walk back into my house and everything is fine. So the idea is a recovery is going to be important here. You already do it, right? We already have thoughts that we don't follow through with. That's what we want to do with those situations we want to change. If the thought comes in, that's pretty common for us, right? When we get upset or angry or frustrated or hurt or offended, those those feelings and thoughts come in. If the responses are unkind or something that you would want to change, this is your moment to actually change. That's it. 
So the thoughts still stay the same, but the the responses is our golden ticket for change. That's what demonstrates change for us. Now, on really great days when we are aware and thoughtful and 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 conscious about it, we are aware of the change of react uh, in the way we react. However, on the days we are not aware of the reaction, that's okay. We can understand, review, process it, and take responsibility for how we responded and either uh, apologize or whatever we need to do at that point uh, and take take responsibility and just do it better next time. That's how we're going to change, okay? Again, uh, make sure that uh, you're not looking for perfection. You're not looking to change all the, all the thoughts all of a sudden that they're not going to come in. And if they come in, I'm a failure. I failed at this change thing. Oh no, the thoughts will come in. Please accept that. Accept that you have years in the making and programming within that they're going to come in. But change is about becoming self-aware and conscious of what the thoughts are and my reaction to them. And the reaction is our golden ticket. Okay. Now, the next myth in change. I'm not sure if it's a myth, but I really had to put it in there. And I, I couldn't make it. I don't know what the myth is, I guess. But the idea here on this next part is probably the most important part about change, if, if you ask me. And that would be practicing self-honesty. That's probably the number one thing for me is practicing self-honesty. It is really hard for ourselves to call ourselves out when we do something that may have harmed another, maybe didn't sit right with us. A lot of the times when we feel this level of guilt and shame, we have learned to justify our behaviors. That person made me mad. They deserved it. I had really good reasons why I reacted the way I reacted, which was not that great, right? So that part is probably the first and most important thing that we have to get real with. This is probably the the essential part of shadow work that we do in therapy is that we identify those things that are hard to say about ourselves, are hard to say about ourselves, but they're the things that once we identify, we are set free to change. So as long as we justify behaviors that aren't great, right? Notice I didn't say justify thoughts, but behaviors, right? Thoughts are, are, they're not a sin to have. I assure you this whole thought has to change. Thoughts can come in. We don't have to respond on them in, in in a negative way. So as long as we justify the behaviors that are not sitting right with us, uh, then we're not going to change if we don't take accountability for them and, ju- and and continue to just find really good reasons to keep them. Then more often than not, we're going to keep them and we're not going to change. And we wonder why we're getting the responses from others the way we are, why things are not working out in our life. All that is going to come in uh, because we're not aware of and taking responsibility of what we're really doing and being honest with ourselves. This is probably the most important ingredient here. If you want to change, number one, you got to be very honest with yourself of what needs to change. So a really big one for me is my response to anger when I get angry, when I don't get my way. The biggest thing for me is my response. That's what I'm essentially working on every day, making sure I don't cause harm in the process of me dealing with my frustration and my, my, my upset and my anger or my offense, or whatever the case is. That's one of the biggest things that I have to work on consistently. 
So it doesn't mean that the, the feeling won't come in. But if I justify my response to others and say, I have really good reasons for responding this way and never take accountability for it, then I never get to change and do better next time. It'll just kind of sit and I will continue to not like myself for the responses I have, but I will feel helpless towards the change. So being honest with yourself allows you the freedom. And this it's really just like that, the freedom to accept where you're at and take the responsibility for changing it. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's really essentially what's happening in that wonderful room of therapy is taking accountability, even though it's hard. It's really hard to accept those aspects of, of ourselves that we have just not wanted to admit that they're there right? To accept those aspects in order for us to change them. A really common one, for example, is about saying that I needed to defend myself from a threat and that I need to stand up for myself. That's a common justification we use when we are angry, that I need to stand up for myself. Now, that's a wonderful thing that we need to stand up for ourselves. However, the delivery (laughs) can make it or break it, right? Can can cause harm or can enlighten and uh, inspire. Yeah. Standing up for ourselves does not have to look aggressive, does not have to look being cruel back. But even more importantly, identifying that I am threatened in that moment enough to say, I'm going to, I'm going to stand up for myself. I need to ask myself, what is threatening me, being honest with myself. Like what, what am I threatened by? Cause is it a, even a real threat? Most importantly, asking myself, is it a real threat? When people say I need to stand up for myself, this is an older wound. I won't really get into it too much here. Uh, but it is truly about asking myself in that moment, am I really threatened? Do I really need to say this now? Uh, is it really a real threat? Because most of the threats that we have are internal, but we never notice that. We think it's about what the other person said, what they did, but it's really not about that. It is truly about our our inner self. And that's why we got to shift inwards and really ask ourselves those tough questions. What do I perceive as a threat? Because I labeled it. I'm the one who labeled it, produced the hormones of, of uh, whatever response I, I, I felt towards a threat, which is usually fight or flight. And I, and I needed to defend myself. In reality, we don't all live in a war zone <laughs> where we need to stand up and protect ourselves and defend ourselves a lot. And when you find yourself needing to stand up for yourself a lot, more often than not, it isn't about the other person. A lot of times it's about ourselves. So this is a great example of going within to be honest with ourselves. What was a threat to me? Was it an insecurity I am responding to? What is it? Was it a fear of what if, what if something happens? What am I responding to? Was it a real threat? More often than not, you will find out it wasn't a real threat. And that it's mostly from the inside. So that's just one example of how we're going to stop justifying, becoming more honest with ourselves, take responsibility and start to change responses. So for example, in this case, I would, uh, knowing that I respond to def- in a defensive way a lot of the times, right? Let's say I know that about myself. I'm going to make sure that the next time I feel that burning sensation of offense, I'm going to... Uh, take a break, take a quick break and sit with myself and ask myself over and over, what was the threat? 
What do I perceive as a threat? Because it is a perceived threat. Most of the time, like I said, it's not a real one, right? I can't control what another person says or feels or thinks. But the fact that I perceive that to be a threat when they do show me what they think or feel, that is my job to figure out what it is about my insecurities, about my fears, making that into a threat. Because I'm the one producing those fight or flight responses and those hormones. Okay, I hope that helps in wherever you're at in your journey and really reflecting on change uh, more profoundly, more deeply, and bringing a lot of flexibility towards the idea of change. Change does not have to be quick, like we said. It doesn't have to be perfection. We're going to mess it up. You guys, we're going to mess this up here and there. The, the, the thing that our golden ticket is our responses get better and better and better. And accountability gets better and better and better. And we stop justifying uh, bad behaviors and start uh, accepting ourselves that I can have a, a negative behavior, but it doesn't mean that I am that behavior so I'm capable of changing. I'm not stuck to this one negative behavior that I, or the one negative response I always give, for example, to anger or offense. Uh, I'm not, I'm not that, that response. I am capable of being any other way and having any other response. So to bring it all together for you, the last important idea about change that I want to make sure I implant today in your psyche is that you are not necessarily your behaviors. You are not your thoughts. How I know that is because we are capable of changing them. So whatever we can change is not necessarily who we are, right? It is not truly who we are, what we're born with and what we're going to die with. Our responses, our thoughts come and go. And they're capable of changing. So please don't identify yourself with a certain trait. So for example, if I say, I'm just always defensive, I'm just never going to change. I just, I know that I'm always, um, I'm always anxious. I'm always just sad and depressed. If I keep perceiving I am those traits, that's my identity, right? Unfortunately, it'll solidify them in your psyche and your responses. But if we detach from them appropriately, because in fact, they're capable of changing. If I start to say, I am not my thoughts and I'm not my behaviors and that they can change, right? When I, if I start to say that and identify myself on a deeper level on something that is constant within me rather than coming and going like my thoughts and behaviors, right? They could change. So if I identify myself on that deeper level, I will not need to only identify myself with my behaviors. So it's important for us to look deeper and at ourselves. What am I beyond my behaviors? What am I beyond my thoughts? So this way, I can allow them to change without me having too much resistance towards that. Because if I identify them as who I am, then more than likely I will consciously um, and subconsciously support them staying there. And I will not change them because that's who I am. I'm just defensive like that. I'm just, I just can't control my anger. I just need to stand up for myself. I'm just sad. I'm just anxious, right? I could just keep using these uh, justifications and never allowing them to change. 
This is really important, ladies and gentlemen, because it, it can't, this, all this change business cannot happen if I don't start detaching my identity, who I am from these very flimsy, right? Very flimsy, very thin, <laughs> fragile characteristics that actually come and go. Thoughts are fleeting. Uh, behaviors are inconsistent if, if I want them to be. So we can change. We can change. You are not your thoughts. You are not your behaviors. Keep that in mind. So in conclusion, <laughs> uh, change is, as we've identified in this episode, it is a gradual thing. It is a lifetime thing. It is not about perfection. It does not require me to change my mind. It is more about changing a response to the thoughts that I already have. And finally, it is about being honest with ourselves. And more importantly, understanding that we are not the characteristics or our responses that we have. We are not our feelings. We are not our thoughts. Those are simply part of the human physical experience. And so they're going to come and go. They are not to be trusted as our uh, identity because they are very flimsy. So let's not trust them and let's identify our capability to have them within us. For example, I'm capable of being um, cruel when I'm angry. It doesn't mean I'm actually cruel. I'm not a cruel person. Uh, it just means that I'm capable of doing that. So I am capable of being a certain way, but it doesn't mean I am that person, right? Being honest with ourselves, identifying our characteristics, not as an identity, but rather as a characteristic that we have and what we're capable of changing. I hope this helps you on your journey wherever you are. I love you guys. And I really wish that you knew and that I hopefully I delivered today to give you that hope that it's possible for us to change. And it's a lot easier than we thought. It does not have to be as difficult as we make it as long as we stay away from perfectionistic, <laughs> egotistical, arrogant ideas uh, of measuring progress. I think you're going to be okay. We are human and uh, we are capable of change because we are human. So be flexible with this idea. We be flexible with the idea of growth. Growth means I will make errors, but in making errors, it also allows me to fix them. And that's where our growth is at. So please look for opportunities of mistakes that you made uh, as a, an opportunity for growth, not to shame and guilt ourselves and stay in that. Thank you for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. And remember that practicing self-honesty and self-awareness is the primary tool for change. It gives us the freedom to choose on what to do next. This has been an episode of Drive Through.